It's Saturday, and I'm Kramer. It's Saturday with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. Hope you're all enjoying your lovely Saturday. It's kind of chilly in Kansas City. I watched this, it's 38 degrees, but it is nice, comfortable, and cool at all times, knowing that baseball season is on its, what, its third, fourth week? We've almost gone a full month of Major League Baseball season, and you know what we haven't heard of or seen from or is anything over the top above this MLB umpire? We haven't heard from Angel Hernandez yet, but we have heard from Phil Cuzzy, as we'll get to that a little bit later. But today, Max Scherzer gets in a sticky, sticky situation. Shohei Otani is at GOAT level. The A's are moving out of Oakland to Las Vegas, the second sports team leaving. Third sports team's leaving Oakland, and it happens to be the baseball team now. Fair or foul, of course, and we're going to try to possibly, possibly, that's there's a big possibly to it, fix the Royals on this rest of the season because it's a 4-16 stretch. And last night, Shohei Otani. I, there's, I don't know. Like I, You go watch baseball. One, I couldn't watch the game last night. I had MLB TV, therefore the game was blacked out the entire time. But this is what happened in the game last night. There was a home run, and it wasn't uh, by the, the boys in blue. It was the guys in red. Payoff pitch and a swing, and a ball hit well. Deep left center. Back goes Bradley looking up, and that is long gone. It's kind of bad when the game only has two highlights that are northworthy, but you know what? There was one highlight that happened in the game last night, and that was Jackie Bradley Jr.'s catch out there in left field. Taylor Clark delivers, and Drury hits it in the air, deep left field. Jackie Bradley Jr. back on the track, leaps and makes the catch! Back up against the wall, glove maybe over the wall, and Jackie Bradley Jr., a gold glover, hauls it in for the second out of the inning. That's a tremendous catch from a tremendous defender. Yeah, that was the only big highlight that Kansas City Royals had all game, but Shohei Otani was dazzling. Had 11 strikeouts last night. His ERA has dropped, I think, down to a point. Six two. It's under a clearly under a one. But uh, this is from Sarah Lang's uh, slangs on sports on Twitter. Shohei Otani has allowed just a a point zero nine two opponent batting average this year. That's the lowest in a pitcher's first five games pitched in a season. Minimum of twenty innings pitched since at least nineteen sixteen. We are still breaking records with Shohei Otani. And it happens to be still go up against the, the boys in blue. It happened. It had to have happened against your Kansas City Royals. Like, it's, it, come on now. Like, what else can possibly be worse for them? But Shohei Otani, we'll get to more a little bit about later on. But a big, and I mean big, story that happened throughout Major League Baseball. And that was Max Scherzer this week. I think it was on Wednesday. Getting ejected from a Major League Baseball game due to using sticky substances. All right, when you get thrown out of a game because if the umpire deems that you are too sticky, I guess now that's that's the case, you get thrown out, and then once you get thrown out of the game, you get a 10-game suspension, and you, of course, have the ability to appeal. The thing with Max Scherzer is he was doing everything legally, and he still gets in trouble for it. This is one of the worst showings of what has happened in Major League Baseball, and that is also on the cusp of what happened last Saturday. So before we get to like my, the audio that I have for you for that, Domingo Herman of the New York Yankees last week was checked. I think he like, had to like do something, and then he got rechecked again. He was able to enter the game, but there was something that the, the umpires did. But listen to what on the Chris Rose on Sports Podcast had to say about Domingo Herman's check. Domingo Herman was off to a sensational start, and then the fourth inning comes along, and as he's walking back out to the mound, he gets greeted by the umpires who are start looking at his hand. Apparently, he had had rosin on his hand and they had told him to go wash it and clean it off and when he returned he hadn't cleaned it off the entire way well anyway they let him go out continue the game he threw a gem on saturday rocco baldelli the twins manager comes out and is like what the hell are y'all doing so rocco baldelli gets ejected from that game for the uh, minnesota twins the manager there the thing is here domingo herman washed his hands didn't get it off all the way but yet still is able to go out there and pitch the thing with max scherzer is this did not happen to him whatsoever. So in the second inning, I guess they, they did the sticky check, and then he went to go wash his hands and all things done. Before he came out there, they wanted him to, they checked it again, like, hey, get a new glove. So third inning gets a new glove. Okay, boom. They also had to wash his hands again, which he was being watched by a Major League Baseball official when he was applying the rubbing alcohol on his hands to get rid of all the rosin and sweat off. That, that's all he had. Goes out to the fourth inning. 
gets checked again, then gets thrown out because of sticky stuff. You're telling me, one, you told the guy to wash his hands, he did it. Next inning, changed his glove, did it. Third, still has sticky stuff on because of the sweat and rosin that he has. This is a day game in L.A. Max Scherzer is visibly sweating on the back of his neck, his arms, everything, and you are still able to use rosin. The thing is, when rosin and sweat get together, there's like a tack to it, like a, like a stickiness. That is what was going on. So you're telling me you're punishing a guy who legally did everything right, but yet is still have to serve a 10-game suspension, and I think his, his, his fine that he has to pay is like 5000 bucks, which that's like chump change of the contract that the Mets gave him. But still, something that happened last week where the umpires kind of let something slide, but yet they don't let something like this slide because he's still using the right proper stuff. Come on, this is a... This is terrible. This is not a good look for Major League Baseball, nor for the the umpires in general. It's Phil Cuzzy. Three times that a pitcher has been thrown out of a game with sticky stuff, all three times it is Phil Cuzzy being the Major League Baseball umpire of that game. And Dan Blandino doesn't, hey, he's a guy too that has thrown out Madison Bumgarner from, remember this, uh, um, was it last year or two years ago? He's not even looking at Madison Bumgarner's hand, but yet he's looking him in the eyes. While Bumgarner's looking at the hand of Blandino trying to, um, uh, it, like, I guess, find the sticky stuff. He's massaging, processing his hand. Yep, Madison Bumgarner took exception to that, and then he didn't get throwing out because of the conversation they had because he was showing him up. But this is what Max Scherzer said after the game. He said, I swear on my kid's life, I'm not using anything else. This is sweat and rosin. And you can, you can, you can visibly see what he was saying to the umpire's out there on the field saying, this is sweat and rosin, sweat and rosin, sweat and rosin. When you do get sweaty, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I get sweaty, I get clammy and I get sticky. That's just my sweat in general. I can only imagine what you would feel like after you have rosin on your hand and you're sweating. You're probably very sticky. Yeah, he's, just, he's doing the right thing. It's kind of like, say we're say I'm driving through 435 here and I'm going 65 and I get pulled over. For them saying that, oh, you're going 75 in a 60 in a 65. Like, uh, I'm going 65 this entire time. I'm doing the right proper thing. They're like, no, 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 you're still getting a ticket. That's pretty much what they just happened here with Max Scherzer. It's not right. It is, it's I'm telling you, it's not a good look for baseball. Heck, Max Scherzer even also said, even going out in the fourth inning, he's like, I'd have to be an absolute idiot to try to do anything coming out for the fourth inning. I mean, he's not wrong. Like, he was checked twice, come out there for the third time to be checked, and yet they throw him out. Why, why, why is he testing the, or pushing the limits? Like why, why would he be doing that when he's already been told to wash his hands, and they've watched him wash his hands? <laughs> oh, man, I feel so bad for when it comes to Max Scherzer, but this is, a, this is the Mets uh, broadcast team this is all going down. So he had his glove switched earlier, and they're looking at the second glove. And they were looking at his pitching hand as well. Well, what what Cuzzy is was telling, and Bellino got involved, is that even though it's a new glove, it feels like the old glove. Or, or did Max go back to the old glove um, and try to take whatever substance was on it or on his hand off the glove? That might be the case. He might have brought the back the old glove back. I mean, Buck Showalter has said that you could ask about every pitcher in baseball using sticky substances every inning. And this has become a real crazy time here in Los Angeles. I'm telling you, it's not a good look for Major League Baseball. Heck, even the broadcasters didn't understand why like they, like they all this was happening. And this was Scherzer on suspension, which, by the way, bravo to Max Scherzer on this because if he would appeal this, this would go for so, this would go for so long. So him not appealing this, probably a good move. But yet, it's him basically, like, it's like him, like, all right, I guess I'm going to have to get dealt with the hand that I was given to, even though it's not my fault. It's, I'm doing everything legally proper in Major League Baseball. Uh, I got suspended today, 10 games. Uh, looked at the, I went through the appeal process, uh, looked at what the appeal process is going to look like. Uh, I thought I was going to get in front of a neutral arbitrator, but I wasn't. Uh, I was going to be through MLB. So, given that uh, process, uh, I really you know, it wasn't going to come out on top, uh, given that. Uh, the best thing for the Mets 
uh, MFL, what the Mets wanted me to do, and that was uh, to accept the expen- uh, suspension uh, and, and come to a settlement with that. I came in a settlement with MLB on what the fine should be and and move forward in that. Um, so that's the best thing for the Mets at this point in time. Why is it that we always hold the managers, players, heck, even the, the field crew accountable when it comes to everything being involved in the sports game, but yet we never, and I mean ever, get to hear or talk to after games when it becoming umpires, I guess, making the decisions on their own. Well, we'll after they do their little rebuttal after the game, then we'll, then we'll have something that we know. But why can't we get that raw audio, that raw emotion directly right after a game interviewing an umpire? Be like, because after this game, you could have been like, hey, let's, I'm going to go up to Phil Cuzzy right now and ask him, so what was going on? Like, why, why did you uh, throw Max Scherzer out of the game? Like, just go up there and just basically say that. But you can't do that with umpires, and it's hard for us as in media or even talking heads to even ask or wonder, be like, why, like, why can't we hold these guys more accountable? We just keep talking about how bad and poorly the judgment is. I mean, kind of like beating the, beating the dead horse when it comes to Angela Hernandez screwing up on everything and anything else. That's why when I woke up this morning, I was thinking, holy cow, Angel Hernandez has not even been popped up on my Twitter timeline yet, which I say that, which today means he'll probably end up doing something. But we need to hold these uh, these umpires more accountable, and we we need to have more conversations with the umpires, of seeing and understanding their mindset on how the rules bends or adapts to how what they think the rules are. Max Scherzer is clearly using rosin. The rosin is on the back, like behind the the mount, like on the back end of it. It's back there. We see it's vibs visible. Come on, like this is. Max Scherzer, you did not deserve this. Like, he d- definitely did not deserve this. You know what's uh, someone who didn't deserve anything that happened a while back? I- I'm, a- I'm debuting a new I'm- we're debuting a new show. Or not a new show. We're debuting a new topic. And that topic is... That's a clown. That is a clown discussion, bro. That's that's clown. Clown worthy. That's a clown question, bro. Of course, you got to put that at Bryce Harbor. That's a clown question, bro. That's a clown question, bro. So that's a good drop. That's one of the many drops. That's a clown question, bro. That I like from Bryce Harper, even though at that point in time when Bryce Harper was saying that's a clown question, bro. It wasn't. I really wasn't a big fan of him right there. But Mike and Mad Dog back in 2018, they were talking about Shohei Otani making his major league debut on the, making like his third appearance ever pitching in a MLB type caliber. This is two games after a spring training game, and his third third game pitching for the Angels is going to be his Major League debut pitching. This is what Mike and Mad Dog had to say back in 2018. The question is, is he going to embarrass somebody? Is he going to be as bad as everyone says oh, he's, he's been? Training. This is a guy who people were talking about being the greatest player in baseball. They have the best player in baseball on that team. They brought a guy in, and they were talking this guy up like crazy, and he hasn't produced anything yet. The Yankees are lucky they didn't get him. And, the Yan- and I'll tell you, the Angels are impossible. Even if they wanted to send him down to the minor leagues, can't. how do you send him down hey, to the look, minor leagues? It, it, it looked terrible. He's Babe Ruth. You can't do that. You can't do it. And you're going to have all the cameramen following him down to some minor league little town? Right. So they almost had to put him on the team, for crying out loud. He might not be Babe Ruth. That's the thing. You know, he doesn't even seem like he's a little bit of Babe Ruth Ed right Rickson. now. That's, that's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, what if he can't get anybody out? He didn't hit. He, terrible. You know, he, only, made two, he only made two... Spring training starts, and he's going to pitch a third game. This of the season. is going to be. This is dangerous. And not yet. Yeah, it's dangerous. Plus, it's going to get so much attention. It could really hurt that club, which is trying to rebuild. Yeah, like, I guess that club's been trying to rebuild, <laughs> and the fact that they. Uh... <laughs> oh, the fact that they also tried, like back in 2018, to predict what Shohei Otani could possibly be in Major League Baseball, and that, um, I mean, he is the Babe Ruth. I think I we can. I think we can physically say. That Shohei Otani might be the greatest baseball player ever to walk the face of the earth. And I think Shohei Otani, at this point in his career and how dominant he is, especially to start this season, granted his bat's not fully there yet, and right now he has bat like a 260 or something. But it, it'll come. It'll come. But the fact that he is coming on the mound just shoving every single game he's pitched this year Fantastic. Granted, the first start of this year when he played against the Oakland Athletics, it kind of it, it took him a little minute to get in his, his groove, but that was the first inning, and after a, a, a bases loaded, I think it was, after that, nothing's happened. Shohei Otani has been excellent on the mound, and he's living up to what the hype is 
back in 2018 from what Mike and Mad Dog uh, was trying to downplay, especially him trying to compare him to the Major League Baseball uh, equivalent to Babe Ruth. Now the thing is, Shohei Otani is a needle mover. He's on GOAT level mode right now. The New York Yankees and the Angels played earlier this week in New York, in the Bronx. You know what was also happening in New York this week? The New York Knicks played basketball in the postseason. The New Jersey Devils and the New um, New York Rangers play each other in the, the playoffs, in the NHL playoffs. More people tuned in to watch the Yankees and Angels play compared to when it comes to watching NBA or the NHL playoffs. Playoff level, the highest of high, the, the biggest competitions to get to the, the promised land of either winning Lord Stanley's Cup or winning the NBA championship or the NBA finals, however you want to. I, I, for some reason, I'm blanking on what that, uh, that, that, that championship is right now. But the fact that more people wanted to watch an April baseball game between one former MVP and the MVP of last year, which, by the way, that's, that was a fun game, fun, a fun three games to watch, especially Shohei Otani's first at-bat there in New York Stadium, I mean, Yankee Stadium this season, hit a home run. Heck, the, the second game of the, of the series, Shohei Otani almost hit a home run, but Aaron Judge robbed it. Then Aaron Judge on his first at-bat of that second game, he hits a home run. Just a fantastic showing. No reason, no wonder why people wanted to tune in that game because of the star-studded players on the field. But Angels fans, you need to be concerned. The, the Angels, I mean, they're playing the, the Royals. They should be able to sweep them this week. They, I, I, they're playing a triple-A baseball team right now. So the Angels should win, and they should go above 500. But this thing is, this Angels team, I still believe, is a 500 baseball team. And Jeff Passan was on Get Up this week. By the way, Jeff Passan, one of my favorites. I, if, if Jeff, I know you live in Kansas City. I hope you're listening to 1660 The Bet and the Outsiders of Kramer. I appreciate you. If you ever need a personal assistant for anything, let me know. I got you, man. I, I Free of charge, anything. I got you. You're one of my favorites to, co- like to watch, listen, and the news that you give us, perfect. And I agree with you full-heartedly on this because Shohei Otani, I think, will be traded if the Angels are already out by the um, by the um, All-Star break or even before the deadline. There's one number that we need to be looking at when it comes to Shohei Otani's future, and that is the Los Angeles Angels record. Because as long as the Angels are in contention, as long as the Angels have hope for a playoff spot, Shohei Otani's probably not going to be traded at the deadline this year. But if the Angels fall out of contention, and if, you know, it's just more of the same as it's been over the last five years that he's been there, he could be traded and he will definitely leave. And seeing him at Yankee Stadium, seeing Aaron Judge rob him of a home run, seeing him hit another earlier in the series, seeing him do everything that he's been doing for the last three years when he's been the best player on the planet, shows you why the Los Angeles Dodgers and New York Mets are going to be the two teams that are butting heads with the Giants and the Yankees and the Mariners and perhaps others on the periphery to pay the guy $500 million plus. That's where the bidding is going to start, and it's only going to get higher than that because this guy is simply better than everyone. If you are a Major League Baseball team and you do not try to acquire Shohei Otani, whether it is via trade or via the offseason as he is a free agent, then you're not you're not a true baseball fan. I'm just gonna say that right now. You're, if you're a team that doesn't try to go after Shohei Otani, the best player in Major League Baseball, then you're not a you're not in the game to win a World Series. You're just not a true baseball person. You're not. You know, I'm, I'm I'll be done with you. I'll I'll tell you that right now. But Shohei, he enjoys playing in the Bronx. I'll tell you that right now. He's quoted saying, "It's a beautiful field. Passionate fans. I always look forward to playing here. It's a really fun. It's really fun playing here." It's a, it's a it's a t-ball field. Shohei Otani would put up so many stupid numbers. He would put up Babe Ruth numbers if he played there. Like he would put up he would actually put up Babe Ruth's numbers. I, I think he would hit up the the 715 home runs. He would pitch the entire time. He would just be imagine Shohei Otani in that pitching rotation, especially if Domingo Hermans it still stays as a, a a proven it force. If Luis Severino figures it out, or even if Garrett Cole still is how Garrett Cole is. Just imagine Shohei Otani putting in that, that tech nasty Nestor Cortez. Oh, man, that, that would be a good pitching rotation, and it would just be a, a loaded lineup. It would be loaded all from top to bottom like almost like it is right now. 
I'm sorry, Angels fans, but you need to appreciate what you have right now because it's going to be gone before you know it. And it's it's it I, I, I it pains me saying it, but I oh man. In my lifetime, I've watched my favorite baseball player go up to the St. Louis Cardinals. And then in 2011, after winning a World Series, leaves to go to the Angels. Granted, he came back and he retired as a St. Louis Cardinal. But man, that sucked. I remember where I was. I was a freshman in high school. I was in woodworking class. My, my, I had a Windows phone, which my, it's funny. I used to have a Windows phone. It's, it was wild because I thought, like, oh, I, I have an Xbox. I have a Windows phone. I'll sync that thing up. Yeah, that Windows phone ended up, the battery swelling died. But that's, that's, that's not a part of the story. But I was in woodworking, and I got that message saying, our pool holes signs a 10-year deal with the Los Angeles Angels. And I was in distraught. I was, I just couldn't believe what happened. I didn't, I didn't expect this to happen. I, I, I was like, okay, Tony LaRusso retired. That's okay. That's fine. But let's see if we can keep Pujols here. I thought, oh, it's a great hire with Mike Matheny. He's, he knows Mike. He, he's played with Mike. He's been a teammate with Mike. Signs in the Angels. I was in I, – I, I, was, I was sad. I was like, what, what has happened here? Like, why? Like, me growing up not understanding the game of baseball, it's a business, it's a business sport, and Shoya Otani, his business is coming up. And he's got to make that business decision whether if he wants to win a World Series or get paid or stay with the Angels that he's been with since he joined the Major League Baseball. It, Angels fan, there's going to be a slap reality. It's going to hit you right in the mouth. But it's coming soon. It's going to be by, oh, man, you got a few months. <laughs> we're, almost, we're almost into May. We're, like, literally, we have one more full week, I think, left of April. One more full week. And then we're in May. Let that sink in real quick. Baseball season, almost a sixth of the way done. I think a sixth. Is there six months, seven months? It's a grind. It's 162 games. And the Royals are sitting at 4 and 16. That's a 200 winning percentage. At least the Angels aren't doing that. I mean, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one team Shohei is not playing for. The Kansas, Kansas City, the, the Royals... Or the Oakland Athletics, but you know what? In 2027, it may uh, Shohei might be a, a Las Vegas A. I'll discuss more of that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. It's Saturdays with Kramer. It's Saturdays with Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. It has been a wonderful, and I mean spectacular baseball season. But if you're the uh, Oakland Athletics fan, it, uh, it's a reality came in real quick knowing that your team is leaving in less than five years. Your team, Oakland Athletics purchased, they, the Athletics spent money. Uh, they've spent money, but it wasn't on their, the talent on the field. They spent $1.5 billion to buy a plot of land in off the Las Vegas Strip. Just a, just a few, honestly, it's, a, it's across the street from, across the highway from where the, the NBA arena is for the Aces. And honestly, it's going to probably look like a good baseball field by the time it's built up and everything, which I think it's a good move. I think it's a great move moving a baseball team to Oakland, not Oakland, to Las Vegas, but the fact that it has to be the Oakland A's sucks. Like, I mean, that's, that's the West Coast baseball team I'll tune in every single night when I'm trying to go to bed just to watch games because of one thing and one thing only. That fan base. That fan base deserves so much more. And the fact that their team ha- is leaving absolutely sucks. And you have to put this, you can't put this on Oakland, the, the city of Oakland itself. I mean, you could think about how, like, oh, they're the ones that stayed the longest. Maybe they're the ones that get the deal done on getting a new stadium and everything. But it seems like the past 20 years, the A's have just tried to be moving out of O.co, trying to get out of Oakland, neglecting everything that needs to be, like, I guess, updated in the stadium. Heck, there's a reason why the Raiders left 
they moved to Las Vegas. Heck, now they're the other teams going to Las Vegas. Heck, two years ago, the Golden State left to go to San Francisco. They went across the bay. The fact they go from one bay to the other bay, like you can see it pretty much from O.co, I feel like. No, you can't, but it's like you might as well put up a big beam in the sky. It's like saying, hey, this is where the new uh, Oracle Arena is for the goal, for Golden State. But these A's fans deserve so much more. Like the, the mentality, like the fact that people think Moneyball is a legit thing that can actually happen and it can help win a World Series. Have we seen it happen once? No. The only small market team that has won a World Series in the past 10 years? Kansas City. The Royals. Has the Rays done it yet? They're they're probably the closest team that's equivalent to what the Moneyball-esque model is. They've probably done it more successful times than what the Oakland Athletics is. I also got to think about it too. Um, people want to bring up the, the Moneyball stuff back in two, the early 2000s. They had Miguel Tejada on that team who was a runner-up for MVP. So you, And Tim Hudson was a pitcher there, too. You got it. Let's, let's pump the brakes. Mark Mulder was also fantastic at pitching as well. And Jason Isringhausen, which, I mean, he already left to go to St. Louis, but still, they had so many good players on that team. So you really can't say that was a Moneyball-esque type team because they had so many talented players. Compared to what this team is right now, there is not talent whatsoever from top to bottom. I mean, um, uh, Mason Miller is pretty sweet in making his major league debut. He finds strikes. He finds strikes all the time, especially at 100 miles per hour. But the A's fans deserve so much more. That's the reason why I started watching um, the Oakland Athletics when Yoannis Cespedes made his major league baseball debut. I fell in love with the team after that because of how many people are crazy. That, that fan base is awesome. It is one of the most loyal and diehard fans, but they just don't want to go out there because they trade all their players away. They jack up season ticket prices, and the, the play on the field is subpar. And this, they're neglecting their entire stadium. They, they have. They had one sold-out game this, so far this year, which was opening day, and it's always sold out on opening day for, um, for Oakland. It always is. But they're moving to Las Vegas, and this was a, a, a well-overdue thing because O.co is a dumpster fire. It is so bad sewage leaks. So you could, you, there's probably like a, a, a running tunnel of poo underneath the, uh, underneath the stadium. Uh, that's probably blacked up. That's been there since 1930, maybe, or probably the exception of what O.co was built. I think it was like in the 60s. But they, this this stadium's bad. It even it's even home to some few fellow red, um, uh, rodents. So, um, <laughs> the Mets uh, were in town in Oakland, and there's a and I'm going to pronounce the O in possum. The O possum of the O.co, the Ring Central Coliseum possum. Just listen to what Ron Darling had to say and all the stuff that's been happening. This is, there's a possum that lives inside the walls at the Coliseum. I, I came here and went to the booth and people grabbed me, almost tackled me and pushed me into this booth. So when we came here last September, we were told the tale of the Ring Central Coliseum possum who apparently makes a home, there's ball four and Guillaume is on, makes a home in the visitor's TV booth. And, and in fact, that's the booth uh, that, uh, that we normally are in, and only our poor camera guy is left there. So the Angels played here at the beginning of the season. They, they were the first team in, and Wayne Randazzo, okay. our friend, is now the television voice of the Angels, and he told us that in the opening game of the season, the possum, who apparently lives somewhere in the wall behind that visitor's TV booth, made an appearance during the game in their booth. Okay. 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 This is Exhibit A of how badly they're neglecting this stadium. This stadium needs so much, so, so many repairs. There's a lot of cracks in the foundation. There's this rodents in the walls. If there's, an, if there's a possum living in the wall... Can you just imagine what other insect, bug, other rodent, heck, person could be living inside of O.co? Like, we, if a possum can do it, I mean, someone else can. And the fact that this possum showed up on opening day in the Angels broadcast, can you just imagine you're sitting there and you look, say, like something that catches your eyes? Like, have you ever watched TV before? And say if you have an animal or something at a house, like maybe it's a cat or a dog, heck, you even have a... Uh, like a a, a tarantula walking around or something. Right, how about that? Here we go. Say you're watching TV and you see a bug on the wall crawl down. 
like say it's like a spider or something, your your eye goes strictly to, towards it. Can you imagine broadcasting a game and you see a a dog-sized head poke down from the wall and look at you and then pop his head back up? And it's like, that's that would kind of freak me out. The story continues. Anyway, so they set traps for this possum, but he's proved elusive. And now the A's had been on the road. They were on the East Coast. They came from Baltimore where they played yesterday. So nobody's been in that booth for a few days. And that's a way to need him. Caprillion really digging a hole for himself. Two walks and now 2-0. and oh. So when, when our tech people walked into the booth, because it takes a lot to set up a booth for a um, for a broadcast, right. especially a road broadcast, because, you know, our equipment isn't in there, and they have to put everything together, the audio and the video and, and everything. So they walk in the booth and immediately were met by the stench what? of the possum having, you know, done his business oh. in the booth. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So ap- apparently... The, the booth reeked so badly of possum leavings yes. that um, an executive decision was made to move us to this booth, which is somewhat smaller and has, you know, a few impediments, like there's a pole right in front of me. See, see there's a pole right here. <laughs> uh, I, the, the fact that this story was a thing happening around when the ownership of the A's decided to type on a, a the notes on your um, iPhone to say, hey, we're basically leaving uh, Oakland. This is, oh my gosh. The Ring Central Coliseum Possum. My uh, A's, I, I'm sorry, Oakland. I'm sorry, Oakland fans, but your, uh, your ownership sucks. Ownership sucks. Your GM sucks. It could be a lot worse. The thing, though, that, that's, that, that scares me is they're trying. They, they've tried to get a uh, a new stadium for so long. It kind of worries me of the fact of what's happening here in Kansas City. Uh, Sherman wants a, a downtown ballpark. Like that's his number one goal right now is to move the Kansas City Royals downtown. If that doesn't fly, or if that doesn't get passed in the next, I don't know, let's say twenty years, kind of like how the A's have done it. Are the Royals leaving Kansas City? Like, what, uh, Do you think there's a possible chance that the Royals could possibly leave Kansas City? Because if it's taken the, the Oakland A's so long to try to possibly propose a new waterfront ballpark, which they have already done. I've already seen the dimensions of it. That was like two or three years ago when they released it. And I was like, okay, this is pretty sweet. Like, This is something that they need. They proposed that. They're going from a waterfront park to going into the desert. It has done a full 180 on what their destination is or how they want to do it, like how they want it to perceive and how they want the baseball of the athletics organizations to grow inside Major League Baseball, and that involves them going to Las Vegas. Now, if the Royals can't make that decision on getting downtown ballpark, are are they leaving Kansas City? I don't want that to happen. I don't think no, no, no city in the United States at all wants to see a sports team leave. And the fact that Oakland is going to see three and five years leave, that pains me. That is that is terrible. But we're getting to see a, a baseball team in Las Vegas, which has been long overdue. It's a, it's a booming city right now for sports teams, and there's a lot of money there. So I just hope that we don't see anything happen between with our with the Kansas City Royals, and hopefully they don't move down there. A quick few uh, um, uh, shout-outs. Uh, Nick Davies. Appreciate you uh, uh, tweeting at me throughout the show. You are you are a good good friend of mine. So I appreciate you listening. Also, who else is also tuning in, listening in? Uh, tweet at me, tweet me, text me, call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Let me know. I'll give you a shout out as well. But this is my favorite segment of all time. I'm glad we we brought it back a few weeks ago. Fair or foul? You know what happened yesterday? By the way, this entire possum thing foul. The them uh, the ownership of the the A's completely foul. But you know what is uh, 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 funny? <laughs> uh, we go from foul to funny. Uh, the Chicago Cubs did a thing. Little dribbler, third base side, tough play. Oh, oh, no, oh, no. Come on. That can't be how it ends. Wow. Can't be. 
You're probably wondering what can't be could possibly uh, can't how it ended. Well, that was the, the the start of the eighth inning. Drew Smiley just on the mound, just hurling, having a great game. It's actually a perfect game at this point. And a little little, little tapper out to the to the pitcher's mound, like kind of like like it's like heading towards the third base side, but um, the pitcher can get it. Jan Gomes, man. Little dribbler, third base side, tough play. That can't be how it ends. Wow. Can't be. The catcher, Jan Gones, also attempts to field the ball. This is a bang-bang play for Drew Smiley to get the out at first base. By the time Drew Smiley picks it up, for some reason, Jan Gomes is on top of Drew Smiley's back in the way, and the perfect game is over. And it is the eighth. He just needed six more outs. Six more outs. That's so foul. That's that is the most Cubs thing that I've ever seen in my life, except for the time when they couldn't. Or when I was the Pirates. They they were involved in one weird Pirate Cubs play where just a triple play happened, but it was just bad base running. But man, this is the most Cubs thing ever. A perfect game happening. Jan Gomes gets in the way, and my goodness, such a such a funny, sad, remarkable idiotic, any other thing that we can possibly say about this entire play? It's funny. So funny. The fact that it happened with the Cubs, it's, it's just hysterical. So this is, this is <laughs> you could just classify both of this saying fair and foul. Fair, uh, fair on getting the, the, fair on getting the base hit. Like that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> oh, the Cubs, man. Oh, I, I, I love it. It's so funny. Like anytime the Cubs can screw something up, especially if it's a perfect game. Oh, Ah, ah. Oh, Whew, breathe, Kramer, breathe. Oh, I'm actually tearing up for how, uh, oh, that's so funny. That's so good. Oh, that's so good. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, he secured, uh, he secured win number 200. That was it. Was electric. So Clayton Kershaw to end his night to to secure win number two hundred. Struck out the final batter. He's all pumped and amped up, and it's just vintage Clayton Kershaw, who I think Clayton Kershaw is arguably the greatest in season pitcher to have ever played in Major League Baseball. I, I've hands down one of the greatest to play. It sucks of how bad he is in the postseason. He the Cardinals just tattoo Clayton Kershaw anytime they play him in the postseason. But my goodness, it was cool to see Clayton get number 200. So fair, so awesome. And it, the crowd there, just listen to the crowd. Like, that's that's chills worthy. Like, that's awesome. Everybody's amped up. Everyone's excited. It is just, it's baseball at its purest. Baseball at its finest. So I'm staying up watching the, the Cardinals and Mariners game. By the way, Clayton Kershaw is completely fair. Mariners debuted a new home run celebration. The home run trident. It is here, and this thing is massive. Like It is probably about seven foot tall. Let's try, and it, it looks like it's sharp. It does look like it's a little bit pointy, but when a player hits a home run, they get that. I love, and I mean I absolutely love. I feel like we see a new one every single week. My favorite one so far is the Baltimore Orioles funnel. Um, they're, they're the dong bong funnel. And, I mean, they're not drinking beer in the dugout. They're clearly either doing Gatorade or water or other drinks that help them, uh, I don't know, it could be some liquid IV or some drip drop, who knows. Uh, but the home run trident, I mean, it's it's not one of the coolest in the world, but it's vis- visibly very uh, appealing to the eye, seeing a, a nice gold trident that you see that you would see the, oh my goodness, what is the, the what is the, the character's name on SpongeBob who has that? I, I'm blanking. I love SpongeBob, and I can't... Neptune, 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 Neptune. King Neptune on SpongeBob. His trident, it looks just like it. It's awesome, fantastic. It's one of the best... One of the, one of the coolest ones, I would say, but it's still... It's not um, what Baltimore is. I'm curious what the Kansas City Royals can do. What are the Royals' home runs? What, what could be the Royals' home run celebration? What, <laughs> they got to hit home runs first, Kramer, in order for them to have a home run celebration. But it's... 
<laughs> oh, man. All right, so there's some uh, rules being, uh, by the way, fair on that. Whit Merrifield joins the, the Foul Territory podcast, which is a fun baseball players are on it all the time, constantly. I think AJ Pruszynski's on it constantly. And uh, um, uh, Eric Kratz, a former, a former catcher for the uh, Kansas City Royals, Boys in Blue, he's on it as well. They were talking with Whit Merrifield, and the Atlantic League is proposing some other new possible rules, and one of them is a designated pinch runner. They had Whit Merrifield on the show, and this is what his thoughts are on the, the rule change added to the Atlantic League. I just got asked you about this yesterday from a reporter um, with, with us, and I hadn't heard about it until he told me about it. And it's, uh, I don't know, I think I think uh, people that are in charge of our game are a little excited with some of the new rules that we brought in, and now they're like wanting to bring in more rules and do more things. And... Um, I think it's I think it's absurd. I think it's just way way too far. We've gone way too far, way too quickly. So hopefully nothing comes of it. Yeah, um, that's I think that rule is so dumb. It's not a rule worth wanting to add. Because um, think about this: have it. Uh, David Ortiz would absolutely love this um, designated pinch runner rule. Um, it's for uh, it's for one person. That, that runner is strictly for one person only. And if David Ortiz needed a guy to run for him, he's there, he'd get on base, and then boom, here comes, say, Terrence Gore to come out there and run for David Ortiz. That is how it would be. This is what the Atlantic League is going to start doing beginning on April 28th. There's another, there's a handful also, which I think that doesn't need a pitch runner rule. No, thank you. Not, not, not at the major league level. We don't need to see it at the major league level at all. These are major league baseball players. They should be able to run the bases themselves. Um, another one they're going to add to is a pitch limit of a single dozen, designated per at-bat. So a pitch limit per at bat, that's not going to fly. A double hook DH rule, I heck, I have no idea what that even is. So we have two DHs now. We're adding a we're adding a, a tenth batter to the list. Who knows? This is all foul. The thing about it, the Atlantic League always puts out stuff to see if it would like. It's kind of like throwing uh, kind of like throwing crap at the wall and see if it sticks. If it, if it, if it doesn't stick, that's going to fall off. Kind of like we saw with the 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 batter stealing first base. If so, if it's like a say it's a, a two one count and there's a pass ball, that batter has the option to take off to go to first base if it's the ball's going back to the backstop. Have we heard anything back from that rule in some time? Not at all. So any of these rules right now that we're seeing, not good. All of them, all of them are foul. I hope none of these also translate to Major League Baseball because it doesn't need it. Shout out there to Adam Kennedy, one of my favorite Russ of all time out there on the TV screens and you name it, that he's out there. He's he's one of the biggest grinders out there. I appreciate you listening to me, my man. My mom's listening, by the way. Shout, shout out, Mother. She always tells me every single day that I'm on the air, or not whenever I am on the air. She says, hey, Kramer, you're on the air. Sweet. Awesome. Okay, fair or foul. All those rules, those new added rule change, so stupid. No thank you. The Phillies have dollar hot dog night, kind of like how there's a dollar dog night here at the K. It's on Tuesdays, by the way. If you guys didn't know that, dollar hot dog night at the K is on every single Tuesday. So every single Tuesday, you might see your boy out there at Kaufman down in some glizzies. But in Philadelphia, there was a dollar hot dog night. Guess what they? Guess what the fans in Philadelphia did per section? Big lines, big lines going out there to get to uh, get you them delicious $1 succulent hot dogs. And they got them. So in one section, they got a full full slate of hot dogs, all still wrapped up in the tinfoil, hot piping ones. Then the section next to them or above them got them as well. And someone yells, food fight, and there's just glizzies thrown everywhere. This is what they did in a baseball stadium. From section to section, having a hot dog fight with the dollar hot dogs in Philadelphia. This is the most Philadelphia thing I have ever saw, read, and heard. It is, it's hilarious. If you can find a video of it, go find a video. It is funny. There's a bunch of hot dogs, a hot dog battle between sections. I think if you want that, I think the, the sections up top have the better advantage because they can just pepper them down there below to people. But if this is a new normal thing to happen at Phillies games, I'm curious this is going to take off elsewhere on dollar hot dog night. So if you see me loaded up with 10 hot dogs at the K, just expect one of them's getting tossed to somebody. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I'm not going to throw a hot dog that I spent a dollar on. 
It's only a dollar though. Think about it. It could you could buy twenty of them on, for twenty bucks. You could eat ten and throw the other ten. I want to try the hot dog eating challenge when it comes to dollar or not. One dog per inning. It's nine dogs. With how the pay the quick a pace of play is right now, that would hurt. You know how you get a game that's two hours and you got to eat nine hot dogs in two hours. Just imagine. Oh man, just imagine. Oh man. Rangers debuted their City Connect uniforms. By the way, that's so fair. Like I need to see more hot dog battles, hot dog fights, everything you name it. You you got you got to enjoy it. All right. So the Texas Rangers unveiled their City Connect uniforms, and. I don't know if that's it. They're it. I don't know if they're it at all. I don't think it's a. So it is a white cream top, like a cream white top, has a big TX on the right side, the jersey number on the left side of the, like say where the pocket, like the pocket squares would be. So you're on your right side, you have the TX with the Nike logo with the, the number on the on the left side, and you're wearing black pants and a white belt. All right, I like that. I like. I mean, I like the color combination and stuff, but this is not it for me. I don't like the TX on the side. Granted, they're paying homage to the 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 inception of what the Texas Rangers are, the Lone Star State. I, this ain't for me. This is probably one of the worst, and I mean worst, City Connect uniforms that I've seen, and we've seen plenty of them so far. Heck, it, it can't be as bad as what the Boston Red Sox yellow ones are. Those are those are hideous. I I they they win them. I think well, they're seventeen and four when they wear those City Connect uniforms. I still think one of the cleanest ones in Major League Baseball is the Kansas City Royals. They have one of the most clean ones. I think the the Astros have a very good one. I think the Rockies one's pretty sweet looking as well. But man, these Texas Rangers ones could be a lot better. I mean, they could be a lot better. At least at least they tried with something. The Angels the Angels City Connect uniform looks like a, an alternate uniform. Like they, it looks like like oh, this is like their 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 second home game team. Their second home. Yeah. Gosh. I thought I was going to burp right there, and I feel like I have a knot in my throat right now. Gosh, that felt that felt weird. Ex- excuse uh, me. I'm playing it again. I don't care. This I need to laugh. Little dribbler, third base side, tough play. Oh, oh, don't you dare. oh no! Come on. That can't be how it ends. Wow. Can't be. Whenever I need a good laugh, I will just always play. I will just always <laughs> I will always play Drew Smiley. Perfect game, and it sucks. I feel so bad for Drew. But this is the most, and I mean most, Cubs thing ever to have happened with the Chicago Cubs. It is the most Cubs thing. All right, let's fix the rolls real quick. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Um, we, if you're fixing the Royals right now, you're not fixing for a Major League Baseball winning season. You're just not getting that. We're not. I'm sorry to tell you this right now, but if you bet the over a 69 and a half, like I did and so many others, you are not going to get your return on your investment for your money. You're just not. They're not going to win 69 and a half games. I don't think they're, they might. They could barely probably win 50 this year. But what can the Royals do right now to win the season? And that is to spark fan interest. I think they need to uh, make every single night either they need to make every night dollar hot dog night. They need to make every single night worthwhile to getting your butt in the seat at, at Kauffman because it, Kauffman is still a beautiful stadium. It 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 is. Can we get some people out there that on this team that is worth something? Taylor Clark pitched two uh, two innings last night. Cool, awesome, great. I'm glad you came out there. Ryan Yarbrough came out there and pitched. The Royals only gave up two hits, or not two hits, two runs, and that was a home run by the backup catcher for the A's, the Angels, excuse me. Can the Royals, like, do something? Like, I don't know, Chris Bubish is hurt, so why can't they sign a guy that just got released or DFA'd from the, for the Arizona Diamondbacks who has not had a good season so far in Madison Bumgarner? Or is that still a touchy subject here for Kansas City? Chris Bubich. I think is arguably the best young pitcher that they have on this team. I think he is P1. I think he's better than Brady Singer. I think he's better than uh, Daniel Lynch. Definitely better than Jackson Kowar. And he's clearly better than Brad Keller. He is done for the season due to a torn UACL. He's had to have Tommy John surgery. Why can't the Royals, like, all right, we need a left-handed pitcher now. Madison Bumgarner just got DA fade. 
the Diamondbacks are eating his contract. It would be dirt cheap to get him on this team because all the money he's still getting paid for this season is coming from Arizona. So if you're the Kansas City Royals who are sitting at four and what, 17, four and 16 right now, four and 16. Why don't you get a, a flashy signing of, I don't know, Madison Bumgarner. I know it's not that flashy, but it can get you some butts in the seats. And at this point in time, you're not in the winning baseball mode business. You're in the business of getting butts in the seats to help fans drive the interest of this team. Granted, it might be close games every night. It might be the Royals not scoring runs at all every night because it seems like the Royals, I mean, guys, <laughs> the Royals have only scored 59 runs this season. The next closest team is, I think, it's the Washington Nationals at 65. They're the only team that has yet to score over 60 runs. And the run difference right now is a minus 53. They've given up 112 runs this entire season. That is a lot. <laughs> it's not as much as what Oakland has done with 155, but it's 112 they've given up this season. Heck, the Chicago White Sox have given up more, but they've scored also 31 more runs than what the Royals have done. you got to drive interest. Who's a free agent out there that could be, I don't know, Hey, by the way, uh, um, uh, Nick, uh, uh, mom, if you're still listening, Nick says, hi, Mama Sandstone. Is Kramer still grounded? I, I'm always grounded. <laughs> but no, how can we fix the Royals? And it's just by getting something out there that is worthwhile. Like the bobblehead nights are perfect for people to get them out on the out in the field because they're going to buy that ticket to get that bobblehead, and then they're probably going to leave it to the third inning. Because by the time the third inning is happened, it's already gone through 30 minutes. And they're like, oh, I've only been here for 30 minutes. All right, I think it's time to go home. I think it's time to go home. But, yeah, no, this – it's going to be hard to – it's not an overnight thing. It is not an overnight thing whatsoever trying to fix this Kansas City Royals team. Because it's not it – is, it's, it's hard. It's going to be hard. It's going to be for a long time. The Royals are going to be bad. It's, even if you have Emily the show, you can tell. If you have Emily the show, you can just look at the cards on Diamond Dynasty – and just look at the ratings that they, they've given the Royals. Just do it. And you'll be like, yeah, I can see that. I, I definitely see that. Yeah. This has been Cyrus Kramer right here on the Bet 1660. Happy Earth Day, everybody. Go out there. Have some fun. Put a smile on your face. You never know who might see, need to see it. But, yeah, everybody have a good one. Watch some baseball today. Make some bets. Good luck on your bets. Bump it, Kansas City. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.